Hello and welcome to the Delivery Manager Daily, a podcast by a delivery manager talking about delivering agile projects with the best practice tips and tricks, examples and guides to help you as a delivery manager learn from my mistakes. This is season three of the Delivery Manager Daily with focus on sustainability and digital excellence. Get in touch via X, subscribe to the newsletter, read the blog, mariosblog.co.uk and get involved in the conversation. Thanks for listening. I thought I'd do... um, a two for one each podcast and talk about two different topics for a short period of time because there's quite a lot that I want to get out of my head and um, I'm having some really nice conversations with people including some that uh, listen to the podcast and it just makes me think that as I talk to people more and more um, there are so many things that people want to talk about and I feel really lucky that I'm able to talk about this stuff. And I wanted this episode to be a bit practical. So we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about if you're working at a large organisation and you have to deal with different time zones. Sounds like a really simple thing, but I want to talk very quickly through like the top three or the top five things that I think you should do to help if you're a delivery manager or a scrum master and you're having to manage teams in different time zones, uh, the practical things you can do and the technology that you can use to help you get through your projects. Then the second thing in the second part of the podcast, I want to talk about basically a list of really good online resources that I found over the last three to five years that I'm going to just point to you. And you may have seen some, maybe you've not heard of them, but they're going to give you access to kind of material, templates, documents. And I have to say, I've sometimes put my arms around these resources and kind of kept them close because I've really leveraged them and learned from them. But I want to make sure that others know that these resources exist. And there'll be one or two that surprise you as well. So stay tuned for that later. Um, But firstly, let's talk about managing time zones. So I guess the first thing is then to understand the time offsets that you're dealing with. Um, If we give any particular common example, you'll probably work with at least a time zone in Asia Pac for your engineering and development. Maybe you'll maybe have some US time zones to deal with, too and probably some European time zones as well. So you're dealing with anything from eight hour offset to two or three hour offset and then probably a a five hour offset either way too. So the first thing to do is make a note of the locations that you're having to deal with on a regular basis and then make sure you understand exactly the time offset. Um, Really simple things that we forget but use technology to help. So first thing, whether you're on a Windows or a Mac, spin up a couple of desktop widgets for those time zones. On OS X, you can just create a a clock widget in the sidebar for Windows. I use something called clock, spelt with a Q, and it just allows you to create these really colourful different time zone clocks that are permanent on your desktop. So just as, as silly as it sounds, you don't have any effort to kind of work out what time zone it is Um, that you're having to deal with, what the time is in a specific country when you're having to set a meeting. The challenge is when you have to set a meeting across multiple time zones for multiple participants and you're trying to calculate kind of when is the best time. There's a couple of really good online resources as well that can really help you out with that. Uh, There's timeanddate.com, which is really good. And what that allows you to do is plug in different regions, different countries, different continents. And not only will it tell you the current time, it will tell you what the predictor time will be based on when you want to set your meeting. So it's a really, really good way uh, of planning when to have your meeting for the best possible attendance. And that's time and date. 
Google.com. Uh, There's also World Time Buddy. So if you pop that into Google, World Time Buddy, that does the same thing, just with a slightly different interface. So World Time Buddy and Time and Date com are really good online resources that you should bookmark and have along with those widgets on your desktop so at any point before you go into outlook you can understand uh the impact of the meeting that you're scheduling the time is it early morning for some is it late in the evening for others and you can find the sweet spot without having to put too much effort in so that then leads me neatly on to using outlook as well outlook has granted somewhat limited time zone tools to allow you to view in the calendar view at least two of the time zones at the same time so at a glance on your usual kind of calendar viewing outlook i have it set for a week in advance so you've got the kind of monday to friday blocks along the side as well as your own time zone your local kind of host time zone that your computer's set to you can set two others so i've got my time zone set for at least the two regions that I deal with the most in my particular example it's two locations in the US that have not only a large offset to the UK but have an offset with each other so it means when I'm scheduling meetings in conjunction with being able to glance at a, a, a widget on my on my uh, my desktop and using those tools that I mentioned uh, worldtimebuddy and timeanddate.com I'm able to very quickly take the cognitive effort out of oh, I wonder when the best time is to schedule this meeting now you'll learn a pattern over time because you do it often enough that well if I'm dealing with the US it's got to be early in the morning or late at night but on the times where I have to schedule a, like an all hands or a stand up or a PI increment planning session that involves multiple regions, these tools that I've mentioned are absolutely super important that you get to grips with. So in Outlook, if you go into the settings, whether you're in OSX or Windows, settings or preferences, and then the calendar options, in calendar, there's time zones and under time zones, the, there's the ability to check on uh, two different time zones. So put the check in the box and pick the time zone that you want and that will display the time in a vertical view when you're in calendar view really useful baked into outlook something you use every day make sure you use it so staying with outlook is a really underused and often unknown feature um, and it's baked in for outlook for web and it allows you to create your own bookings with me page. It's a feature in Outlook that's been around for quite a while, but I don't think is massively used. And it's basically uh, an appointment booking tool baked into Outlook for web that you can give people a link so they can book time with you. So if you're a consultant or you're a delivery manager or you want to take control of your time, and if you go to mariosblog.co.uk and search for time management, you'll see I've, I've talked about quite extensively how to manage your calendar and block out time for stuff so you're not constantly at the mercy of back-to-back -back meetings. This is a way of giving people in other time zones an opportunity to know when the best time is to check in with you. Now, the reason that this is useful is because it allows you to share a link. And what that link does is takes you to a, a portal um, that you can uh, customise and it includes an extract from your calendar showing availability that people can book. So it's a bit like if you've ever used um, like a, a an appointment widget or or you've you've kind of booked a, a schedule appointment with an online service, an online GP or something. It's a bit similar to that. The, the feature is called Bookings With Me. So go into Google and, and take a look in, in Outlook for that. But with this portal, you can set when you're available and then people can only book those times. You can also predefine slots. So 
I, for example, have got, if you want to know about Agile or you want to talk about Agile or some Agile concepts, um, click this button. And what that does is it automatically populates a calendar invite for a predisposed and predetermined length of time, links to resources, and it very easily allows me to set up calls with people without me having to do anything. So in my calendar, someone's requested 30 minutes of my time to talk about an intro into Agile, and I've already kind of got the time booked in my calendar. There's a template with links that I'll refer to anyway, and it just takes the effort out. And you can have multiple kind of blocks. So it may be if you want to um, do have a, a get to know me 30 minute session, uh, a, an Agile 101 session, or a, if you've got a new project and you want to come to me to learn some best practice or some guardrails advice on how to make it go well. I'm taking the effort needed for me to set up a meeting and also taking the effort out on the person that wants my time. It's easily um, configurable in Outlook, but you have to um, switch it on in Outlook for web. You can't do it in the desktop client. So if you go to mariosblog.co.uk for this particular podcast and look through the instructions that I've written on the post, it'll walk you through the setup instructions. You basically go to OWA, you go to uh, calendar settings, and I think there's a specific option that allows you to configure a portal. And if you've never used it before, it will be completely new to you. But then what you can do is take that link. And the reason that the link's useful is you can share it. And you can share it not only with everyone, you can put it into your email signature. And now moving on to using Slack. The problem with Slack in a hybrid and remote world is the demand for synchronicity. And what that means is that often people will use it as an entire replacement for face-to-face -face human conversation. So what does that mean? Well, how many times have you been at the mercy of Slack where someone has sent you an email then they followed up on Slack to ask you whether you've received the email and then they want a response. And if they don't get a response on Slack, they'll drop you another email or give you a call or send you a text message. And before you know it, you've used every communication medium um, and this person's trying to get hold of you. And it's not really what in quotes, real-time, instant messaging was intended for. And Slack obviously is is the tool of choice for most organisations. And I'm sure most of the people listening to this podcast will be signed into Slack right now, uh, probably signed into two or three organisations, and you've probably got hundreds or, if like me, thousands of unread messages. So there's a few things that I do to push the limits of Slack just to allow me to set out my stall and make sure people are clear on how to get in touch with me. That link from the previous part where using Outlook bookings with me, I put that link in my Slack bio and I make it clear to everyone, if you want to book time with me, rather than sending me a Slack message that I might not read, especially if we've got a, a time offset, go to that link and set up a meeting and then that way you get an immediate response. You know that I'm going to see it. It's in my calendar. Everything's good. The other thing I do is use the Slack bio and I've done this time and time again. So successful is it, everyone else has copied it. In the Slack bio that you can put anything you want, I put um, where I am each day and I'll do and again if you go to the blog post you'll see a screenshot of what I mean. But using really short language say when you're going to be in the office. So Monday, colon, working from home. Tuesday, colon, Manchester office. Wednesday, etc., etc. So everyone knows if they look in your Slack bio, they can see where you are. They can see when you're next in the office. They can see when you're working from home. And that's really important because it absolutely cuts down the amount of messages. 
where people say, oh, where are you? You in today? You in next week? And it's just messages that I don't have time to always respond to. And then people can get a bit snippy because you've not responded. And then that triggers an email and then it just creates noise. So people know that the way to get in touch with me is to go onto Slack. I've filled out my bio and it's got a link to my bookings with me portal, uh, which gets you access straight to my Outlook. Um, but also you can see where I am at a glance using my Slack status. And I've watched as I've done this in companies that I've worked at, everyone else doing it too. And I've had a few people ask me, oh, what is that? And then they've caught on that WFH means working from home. And you can see where I've abbreviated regions like Manc for Manchester or Brum for Birmingham. And slowly people are like, oh, I get that. That makes sense. And then they've done it. And then that's had a compounded kind of roll on effect. And before you know it, everyone's got those movements in their kind of Slack bio. And it's such a little thing that you think isn't really that valuable, but it actually is really important. And it allows you to kind of fend off just those lazy messages. Oh, where are you today? Are you in? Have you got time for a coffee? Um, you know, you're already setting out your store to minimise those Slack messages because I don't know about you, but I'm pretty tired of being at the mercy of Slack. So use Slack um, and all its kind of potential in terms of the bio to put useful information in there and not just what you're having for lunch. So that's the first bit then, just talking about managing different time zones, all really simple things that you probably don't do. Use online tools like timeanddate.com and World Time Buddy to allow you to understand at a glance not only what time it is somewhere else in another region or another country, but also when the best time is to set a meeting. Use the inbuilt time zone functionality in Outlook to allow you to see in calendar view what the times are in other regions, up to two time zones, and that at least then gives you the best chance of scheduling a meeting that's going to be accepted. Use the Bookings With Me feature, again, in Outlook, um, to control how people access your time. And then use Slack and get the best out of Slack by using the bio and the status update to display your movements, where you are and use the link that you can create in Outlook for the Bookings With Me portal. Share that in Slack so everyone's got this kind of understanding of how to interact with you and how to consume what you do as a delivery manager. So you've probably got loads of tips and tricks on how you manage time zones. Maybe you do it all in your head uh, and maybe you use other tools that I'd be really interested in and kind of listening to what you use too. So get in touch uh, with me on Twitter or X Mario DC or the Delivery Manager Daily. Uh, but let's now talk about... Um, that other thing that I forgot what we said we would talk about. You may not know, but outside of my corporate work as a delivery manager, I run a small tech company called Creative Pixel. It's here I build websites and applications, integration services, and AI solutions for small and medium-sized companies. I also help coach and advise on digital marketing and social media for individuals and build individual websites also. So maybe if you're wanting to start a technology-focused side hustle in 2023, get in touch. Oh yeah, it was resources. So everyone always comes to me for templates, resources, guides. Um, I create a lot of this type of content. Sometimes I create it absolutely uh, from scratch. Other times I look for inspiration online and think that's good in principle. It's not 
quite as pretty or makes as much sense as I would like so I kind of take that and build upon it and other times it's a bit of a hybrid to meet a need or a client request or I'm coaching or working with delivery managers and they've asked for something and actually there are a few resources online that I've gone to in the past and thought they're really good actually so I wanted to share them with you today and I'm going to jump straight into it I'm going to give you uh, web links and include them on the blog post as well so do go to mariosblog.co.uk the first one which I I absolutely love and I almost guarantee is is not very well known is bad.tools forward slash library so um, I'm not affiliated with any of the resources that I'm about to give you but some are absolutely superb so what bad is is a toolkit for tools to allow you to if you're a delivery or a project person that you can leverage and it includes all kinds of stuff from leveraging safe, uh, agile, um, setting up ceremonies, um, planning. They have blueprints, toolkits, talks about operating model design. There's a load of downloads. Um, and if you go on to uh, bad.tools uh, forward slash library forward slash downloads, you'll be able to see that they've got kind of examples with example companies that show visualizations on tackling problems. Um, I'm not really doing a great job of selling it, but um, they have guides on secrets to great remote working strategies. And I found this a really good resource to, as a starting point, uh, to create stuff if I don't particularly like what they've done or it's not quite right for me. So uh, techniques like Vmost and Five Whys, inception planning, structuring organizations for agile, really detailed and nicely visualized kind of three amigos, delivery overview documents. I mean, I came to this quite late to the party, having created a lot of this stuff um, myself and thinking, crikey, I wish I'd have known about this before. And it's absolutely an awesome website if you want uh, a, a bad, by the way, blended agile delivery. So bad.tools, go online, check it out. It's absolutely awesome. The next one that will probably really surprise you is a government, a Gov UK resource. And it's a combination of resources. If you go to uh, gov.uk and search for the DDAT, the... Um, digital data and technology profession capability framework and within that they have various things like gds which is a standard for a set of frameworks and guardrails for delivering projects in the public sector but it's such a well-written and accessible array of resources in terms of roles role descriptions um test planning quality assurance it's a blueprint of doing really solid digital delivery and taking that and applying it to my own experience as a project manager uh, has been profound and it's a resource that is there um, but I don't think many people realise. So if you're a delivery manager and I tell so many delivery managers about this resource and I don't think they spend the time reading it but search for GDS or DDAT, D-D-A-T, DDAT uh, Delivery Framework, uh, gov.uk, 
and have a look through there's a lot of information but read it and extract from it it gives practical examples templates white papers approaches across every element of the software and service delivery life cycle it's absolutely superb and that's a gov.uk resource make sure you check that one out if no others next one worthy of note it's an old one but a goodie uh, sound like a dj there um tastycupcakes.org now i've just checked as I'm talking about this, and it's now behind a registration wall, so you have to register to access. But what it is is a resource of agile games, approaches, and simulations to allow you to get the best from running kind of agile projects and some tools and resources, uh, which I've uh, learned how to do so many things from estimation games like Guess the Way to the Animal or the classic Lego Scrum game or uh, How to Draw Toast icebreaker exercises and things that I've incorporated and baked into uh, retrospectives and team building stuff and it's a really good well-written resource um, so tastycupcakes.org is definitely a site you should sign up to and have a look and see what they've got I think I'm going to leave it there you've had three absolute bangers that you should check out so the GDS gov resource is my absolute favorite there's the bad um, dot tools website which is just a plethora of really good information and um, finally as we've just mentioned um, the other one that I forgot about tasty cupcakes uh, one of the first resources I started using to build out some of my sort of knowledge especially when it came to events and ceremonies and games and things, which are really important for learning. So I do like those three resources, so do check them out. Uh, I did say this would be a quick one, and it is. So we're about 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. I like to keep these podcasts. So this was a, a practical one that I hope you found useful. I'm really grateful for people that listen. Please do share. I've learned that there's not a lot of UK-based delivery podcasts. Um, please share it. I'd like to get better at this. I'd like to get more listeners, and I'd like to spread the word a little bit more and get some more people on as guests and speakers and stuff so thanks for listening join the conversation on x at mario dc or at the delivery manager daily read the blog mariosblog.co.uk and don't forget about carbon agile where i talk about sustainability within delivery teams and delivering software projects in a sustainable way thanks for listening talk to you again on the next one did you know that digital sustainability is really important to me and it should be to you too? Working in delivery teams, sustainability is at the heart of what Agile is in 2023 and I talk about it on my podcast, Carbon Agile. Go over to Carbon Agile in wherever you get your podcast from and check me out on medium.com too. Search for digital sustainability and Carbon Agile and you'll be able to find out the latest in what I'm doing in sustainability.